Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of June 29th. Can't believe we're almost in July. I'm your host, D-Swap Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff, as always, of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. And Kovac, your boy is it is it me or guys is Derek stumbling through that intro without using nicknames is it is it me or is just Derek stumbling <laughs> through that we might have to go no, back to letting him throw the nicknames out there because it seems like he's just uh he's really uptight without being able to use the nicknames so anyway I just uh just noticed that Derek and you know just you you going about your business and and let it flow okay buddy all Free right, Derek. big shot, Bob. I will do that. I will do that. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, back to Lernerville. I will start using their nicknames again to so make it flow better for the show purposes only. But T-Mac picks up the victory. My first time ever at Lernerville. Love the place. I will definitely be back. Great atmosphere. Huge vocal crowd. But after a bazillion second place finishes last year in Crown Jewels, T-Mac dominated from start to finish, led all 100 laps. Kovac picked him in race day. Big time win for the New York driver, to say the least, at a track he loves so much, Kovac. That, that Timmy McCready, he was due for one of these. I mean, he was uh, at how many times? Five in Knoxville last year, uh, Eldora. Um, I mean, uh, I think, uh, I mean, it's like by five big races he was a runner-up in. Uh, this year, uh, he, um... Nearly won the Eldora Million. I mean, I mean, took the lead, takes the lead with uh, less than uh, 15 laps ago, but couldn't hold on. Got a flat tire and finished fourth. So there, uh, no, no one was more due for a big win than a $50,000 win in McCready. And and it's a place that he loves. I mean, he has all the. It's it's almost like a home track for him because he's from New York. It's one of the closest racetracks that he'll race at all year to his house. So he gets a lot of old, uh, you know, crew guys and friends and. Uh, guys that used to help his father come down and see it and and uh and he's always like enjoyed going out like and is he's been there ever since almost the first uh firecracker back in 2007 i think 2008 actually was his first one uh but he always goes out to, he hangs out at the band and you know he he's he's very accessible like for the fans there so it, it makes him a really good winner and it makes it feel real comfortable at that place uh, winning there is always special second time in a row that he's won it he had a two-year break in there. He won it in 2019 with the Kevin Rumley number six, and uh, now he's back. Wasn't able to run it the last two years, which was really tough on him. He loves running there, so missing the last two years because of Lucas' conflictions were, was kind of rough on him. But he's back, and he wins. Yeah, a little hiatus for T-Mac, missing those two years prior. But it's always good in dirt late model racing when T-Mac wins because he has arguably the best celebration. He's beating and banging and going crazy, bowing down to the crowd, clapping. So it was a big-time win for him. The crowd loved it. Kyle, what's this mean for T-Mac finally getting, breaking through for a crown jewel victory? It uh, seems like he's going to start it to heat up a little bit more. we got a big uh, month ahead of us of big races coming up. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, you know, obviously I was looking through his numbers, and this is, um, you know, his biggest win since August of 2020, paycheck-wise, since the Florence or – yeah, since the North-South. But, like, even last year, I mean, he was super consistent. I mean, he was knocking on the door, obviously won the Lucas Oil Championship. So, you know, you can't be overly critical of, I guess, how long it's taken him to get back uh, to victory in the big race department. You know, just because he's been there, he's been so close. He's been the closest probably of, of you know, the the top ten, I guess, if you look at our rankings right now and if just kind of go down the order of guys, I guess, who were due or guys that have just been super consistent, just haven't really went the distance in these long races, in these long distance races, which obviously we all know that, that you know, if there's anybody in the game uh, these days in dirt late model racing that is going to uh, just be so vigilant with his race car and with his craft, you know, in these long distance races, it's, it's obviously Tim McCready, and we saw that at Eldora. Uh, I still stand by if there wasn't a caution, I think, for Greg Satterley with 14 or 15 laps to go that I think if that race would have stayed green the rest of the way, um, that, you know, we would 
not be having this conversation. We'd be having this conversation two or three weeks ago. So it's by no surprise that, you know, he pulled it off this past weekend at the firecracker. And I, I put it um, in my fast talk responses. I personally felt a shift after talking with McCready after he had lost, you know, the million and he had been so close and uh, just kind of like the heaviness that I felt and sensed just kind of like in his words. And, and so I for sure think that something had shifted or moved inside of him mentally or emotionally. I mean, he just turned 48, um, obviously still has a lot of years left, it seems, if he wants to. And so, I mean, obviously in terms of this year, yeah, a lot left in the tank and, uh, you know, moved up to number three in the rankings behind uh, Jonathan Davenport, obviously, and Chris Madden. So he's in good good company right now, trending upward and uh, going into the summer, the big summer here at, uh, you know, the absolute right time too, and getting himself back into the Lucas Oil Championship fight, which will be surely close again. No doubt T-Mac is trending upward. Month of money is coming up from like July 9th to September 17th. It's just a ridiculous amount of choices and races to go win some uh, straight cash, homie, as Randy Moss would say. Robert, you were with the Summer Nationals, so we'll come right back to you to talk about that. But what's this mean for Tim McCready? He's so good in these 100 lappers. He's always just knocking at the door every single time, and he finally broke through this past weekend. First of all, for the record, I do think that I'm the only staff member that picked T-Mac to win the million. And I was feeling really good, uh, you know, when he took the lead. As he was tracking J.D. down and, and, and coming on there, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm a genius. And then, of course, the caution came out and, uh, and kind of ruined, ruined everything. So um, uh, uh, Tim McCready is definitely a driver that I personally have not, you know, uh, uh, as, as they say, don't sleep on, don't sleep on this, don't sleep on that. I, I have it. Tim McCready is is one of those guys who I always think will be there at the end of a 100 lap race. He's just uh, he's matured as a driver over the last decade to where uh, he, he's he is in that age like uh, Dale McDowell and Dennis Erb and, and uh, these guys who just grind it out, and all of a sudden you look up and there he is. You know, is where's he been the first half of the race? And he's been back there saving his tires. He's been back there doing what he does. And next thing you know, uh, he's he's there. So uh, so it's no surprise that uh, that Tim McCready goes and wins a race like this. Uh, like uh, Kevin and and Kyle, you know, we're both kind of saying, I guess, to a to a degree, it's it's been overdue, really. I mean, it's. You know, it really has been overdue. I mean, he's been knocking right there on the door and just hasn't been able to get it done. And and any driver, uh, well, most drivers will tell you that if you keep running in the top three, the wins will come. Now, it doesn't make losing $900,000 any better, you know, but if you keep running right there week in, week out, you'll eventually get the wins. And and Tim McCready eventually got his win, and I, I suspect there will be a, a – maybe two or three more before the season's over with. Kovac, really quickly, what did uh, T-Mac say to you after the firecracker? I'm sure he was pumped up. I interviewed him. You can always tell when he wins, a happy Tim McCready is uh, always good for the sport. He was uh, not down on himself, wasn't really, uh, you know, moaning or complaining. He was uh, he was celebrating and cherishing this victory. What do you say to you afterwards? Well, I, I saw like a little bit of a, you know, like a, a little, uh, his, his, his attitude got a, a little boost after he finished second on Friday night. I mean, that was a, you, you could just tell he was in a better frame of mind, like, uh, cause he'd been struggling a little bit, like at Smoky Mountain the week before when I talked to him, he wasn't really happy with his performance. He didn't get in the top five. Uh, you know, he needed, he's lacking something there, he even changed a motor to try to get a better combination after the qualifying night at, at Smoky. So, uh, to come out, get that second, and you, you could see the man. He, he was good. He knew he he knew he had something. And when it's a hundred lapper, he knows he's really uh, that th that's that's his cup of tea. You remember he he's run a probably more hundred lappers than a lot of late model guys that are even have raced longer than him, because when he ran a big block modified from 1997 till about you know that 2003 four when he went to um you know 
full-time late model racing. I mean, all the Super Dirt Series races were 100 lappers. I mean, almost all of them. So he was a, a one a, once a week 100 lapper for all year. I mean, sometimes two, three a week, uh, which, uh, I mean, they didn't pay as well as the late model races. That's why he's in a late model. But he got a lot of experience in 100 lap races, uh, especially, at, you know, at big tracks, small tracks everywhere. And, and that you, it shines through when he's running these races. He's not going to take himself out of a, out of contention early in a race or any time in a race. He's, he's got a good, you know, obviously he's got a good patient head on his shoulders to, to be able to race. And he mentioned after the race, how he feels like he's in his prime. Now uh, he, he's in his prime years. He doesn't know how many years he has left, but he feels really uh, just confident. I mean, yeah, drivers get like this where they're at like, a, you know, upper forties and they got so many laps under their belt where they just feel like, they know what they got to do and they just got to go out there and do it. And that's what he said. And, you know, there's, there's no like questioning a lot of times with him, uh, you know, especially when you have these long races, he knows he can keep himself uh, in the mix until the end and, and maybe pull out a win. Even if he's not the 100% best car, he could be the best car by the end of the race, just by uh, saving his equipment and being, uh, staying out of trouble. And uh, I, I think uh, McCready gets that first one. It was a big, his, Owner, uh, his car owner Donald Bradshaw was at the race too, so that that was a uh, a great uh, you know little bonus for him to, to give a, get as a car owner a 50 grand win right there at the track, and I, I think there'll be more. I mean, again, there's there's a lot of big races coming up in the next few weeks, and McCready also let's point out he's only 35 points behind Brandon Shepard now. Shepard got a top five on Saturday, but he hasn't the you know the last few weeks he hadn't really been. Uh, you know, right up there in the in the top five in the mix. So McCready's been inching up, and there could be a nice uh, unexpected McCready, Tim McCready, uh, Brandon Shepard battle for the Lucas title this year. Yeah, former uh, Woo champions going to be battling out for a Lucas Oil title. Uh, funny thing is, though, with T-Mac, you got Deer Creek, former winner there, I-80 Silver Dollar Nationals, former winner in the Prairie Dirt Classic. So three races paying, you know, 50 grand plus. He could uh, start to get hot, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, he's won this many in a row. He could be in the driver of the year contention. Robert, you were on the Summer Nationals, the weekend show, great car count. It was Woo versus uh, the Hell Tour boys at I-55, a pretty famous dirt track. And let's just give you a clap here. Congratulations. Your boy swept the weekend, dominating, passing Billy Moyer Jr. on Friday, and he was on a Sunday cruise. Saturday night at I-55, big, big-time wins to extend that points battle for Dennis Herb Jr. because he was running with those summer national guys, getting good runs, but he finally capitalized with back-to-back -back 10 and a 20K payday. I, I think that you could probably tell, you know, I, I'm watching those summer nationals races, and, and when they, the way that Dennis uh, Herb has, has ran this year, you expected him to go out and win two or three of those right away. Um, so I'm watching those races, and you're like, is something wrong? Um, you know, what's going on? He still ran, you know, the first one he ran second. And I, and I think he really had the fastest car. Or maybe he ran third. I can't remember him and him and Bob. He might have got passed by Pierce there. But uh, I really think he was probably faster than Ryan Unzicker. But the track was just locked down, you know, and, and, and there at Kankakee and nowhere to race. So, uh, uh, so that's probably the one that he should have won. The others, you know, you got to think that he may be of – been trying a little bit of this, a little bit of that, trying to just get a little bit better uh, for this stretch run of the World of Outlaws because he's definitely not going to be in the mix for Summer Nationals points money, uh, maybe a little here and there. For those, I don't know if they still do the weekly deal or whatever, but he's still, you know, he's not really going to be in the mix for that. So his his focus is the World of Outlaws. So you have to think that some of those uh, summer nationals races earlier that he was in, that he was, you know, doing a little testing, like almost every summer nationals guy was, you know, uh, um, you know, Tanner English told me he brought one car out specifically to go test. That's the only reason he, he got the car out, you know? So you got to think that a lot of those guys were doing that. And it really, if that's what he was doing, uh, it showed, it showed it peevely. It showed up at I-55 because he was uh, clearly the superior car all weekend um, out there, you know, and, and a 45 car field. It, and I don't, and I talked to him, I wrote a little story, you know, it's, you, you got to feel like if he had won one of the two, you may, you know, you may maybe look for a different storyline or something and, and kind of peel off and do something else. But I mean, 
the dude goes and sweeps the weekend. I mean, he wins $30,000. He, he was the story. So, uh, so I went and talked to him and, um, uh, you know, he was a, his typical low key self, you know, he's just grinding. He's just kind of, uh, you know, pedaling along, uh, getting things done and, uh, just ready to, ready to move on to the next one. You know, you wonder if Dennis Herb sometimes his fans would rather see the statement more than Dennis Herb. You know what I'm saying? Does that, does that make sense? It's like, we're, we're Dennis Herb fans. I wish he would, you know, he needs to send a statement that he's, he's for real or something. You know, I'm, I don't feel like Dennis Herb cares too much about that. I think maybe his fans probably care more about that, you know, about him getting the recognition that, that he probably does deserve at this point than, than he does. And, uh, and he will probably, he would tell you that too, that he's more concerned about consistency running in the top 10 every night and then winning races when he's supposed to. And he had the best car at Peevely. He was supposed to win those cars because he had the best car. So he did the next, uh, night, Sunday night, uh, up there at, uh, Jacksonville, he didn't have the best car. I didn't have the best car at all, but he qualified 18th out of 24. I didn't know. I'm not sure when he went out, uh, cause I was walking around, you know, doing some other stuff, but he qualifies 18th. And I'm thinking, you know, this is a time when, uh, Max Blair has an opportunity to really make up some points here. This is it. Right. So Max Blair goes out and sets the overall fast time. So I'm like, now this is Max Blair's chance. Five laps to go in the feature. What happens? You know, Dennis on a restart slips by Max Blair and gets a spot or two on him, gains points instead of losing points. Again, he's just grinding, you know, goes and gets his consistent top not top finish, top 10 finish and finishes ninth. So, uh, yeah, I think it was, um, Regardless of what Dennis might say, I think it was a statement weekend for Dennis Herb. You know, and I think uh, Todd pointed out that maybe this was his first, maybe first ever back-to-back wins on a national tour. That's you know that's that says a lot too. So uh, kudos to him, and and uh, it's going to take a, a pretty good effort for those guys behind him to catch him, unless he just has a just a ton of trouble. It's over. I'm calling it. He's got it locked up. He's too good, too consistent. Dennis Herb Jr. will be your champion. But I had one driver tell me, Kyle, at Tri-City, he's saying, man, this is a good idea for Dennis to race all these races. His equipment won't be, uh, you know, fresh. He's out there grinding for five grand when he knows, you know, he just runs well, keeps his stuff underneath him. He's going to win $125,000, you know, for the World of Outlaws. Safe to say, like Robert says, it's it worked out a little bit, even though he was struggling there. And maybe he did find something, and it pays dividends when you do race to the Woo Series. Yeah, totally. And also, too, I think one stat, when you look at what Dennis has put together so far this year, just the strong, robust like body of work, and especially the statement that he made this past week, and I'd for sure say it, it's a statement. I think he only has two DNFs in, like, 60 races this year. I think Jonathan Davenport has three DNFs, and I think Chris Madden has four, five, four, I think. And I think three of those came during Florida Georgia Speed Weeks. So when you put it that way, and the consistency of it, I think also Dennis has what, 10 straight top 10s now, too. So there's no indication there that he has to slow down. I mean, and obviously, he puts his trust in, you know, what he's selling into his equipment and, you know, how he's maintaining it. I mean, he's done it long enough to where he knows his pace and he knows when he needs to, you know, take a night off, when he needs to take a night off or when he can't take a night off. You know, I just think, you know, that stat, the two DNFs in 60 races, I mean, that's super impressive. I mean, that to me is just as impressive as, you know, his whole this whole weekend. And so I know we get all caught up. Obviously you have to, you know, see who's winning and who's not winning. And, you know, a guy like Brandon Overton, obviously, yeah, he has eight wins this year, but are they eight hardy, um, flashy, meaningful wins? Not really. What I'm trying to say is, yeah, I mean, like Dennis is winning and he's consistent and uh, yeah. I mean, it's 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 uh it's refreshing to watch. Honestly, I haven't you know paid 
honestly, you know, this is no disrespect to him, but I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention to him, you know, throughout his racing career, really until now. And so I hope other onlookers, you know, throughout the dirt racing world and dirt late model world are also doing the same too, you know, just, just kind of giving him the attention that he deserves right now, even though he doesn't care about the attention. You know, he just kind of shows up, does his business on the next one. But, you know, he definitely for sure deserves, uh, you know, top top five respect right now of drivers in the country. And it shows in all facets with how he's running his race program. All right, we're going to go back to the president of Dennis Herb's fan club. Robert, what do you got? Stop, stop, stop. Uh, first of all, before this is a disclaimer, uh, before Kyle begins to get hate mail from, from Brandon Overton fans, every win in this sport is meaningful. I do know what I I I, I do know what he was saying though, and I understand what he was understand a hundred percent what he was what he meant, you know, by that. He he hasn't won a crown jewel, he hasn't won a fifty K, I don't think. You know, Correct. He, you know, so uh, you know, so so I understand completely, but you know, this is definitely a tough sport, you know, and and, and Kyle knows that of course that it's hard to win in. So uh every uh trust me, I know a hundred i know for from experience if you outrun a two-car field it is a meaningful win i can i just will go ahead and say that drop that right here uh sure to look up our stats but you know what i'm saying uh but anyway uh just to speak to kyle's point what i was raising my hand for to speak to kyle's point about about dennis herb and his preparation in 2017 i think it was 2017 or 2018 i think if you guys uh remember the national 100 that was a complete debacle that like should have been ran at 5 p.m and got ran at midnight because they were watering the track while it was raining um that's a true story that's not fabrication uh so anyway uh so that race you know got pushed to, to midnight and uh dale mcdowell won that race oh just in a photo finish you know with uh scott bloomquist only Three cars finished on the lead lap, I think, and I think only five finished. I think I'm correct on that. But uh, Dennis finished third in that race. He was the only car in that hundred lapper. As rough as the track was, as bad as it was, he's the only car in that hundred lapper that did not come in and pit during that race. Now he might have stopped on the front straightaway when everybody else did and changed tear offs like they allowed him or swapped helmets. But he did not come in and pit, and he's the only car that didn't, and he still finished third. I th- and, and that was a rugged, rough. That was a rough night for everybody involved, and uh, so that that kind of uh, kind of tells you about the preparation. And I think that they know, being it most of the time only Dennis and Heather, they can't afford for things to go sideways, really. There's, they don't have enough help to just go in there and start, you know, to, to be working on a bunch of stuff. So uh, they have, they need to be prepared. Everybody needs to be prepared, but they really need to be prepared. They really need to be on top of the game when they unload. They need to be on top of their game with their tires every second of the night. You know, everything needs to be good for them. And so I think that that's, I think that I don't know if you'll find a better prepared team in the pit area uh, than than those than than Dennis and, and Heather, honestly. I mean, I know most everybody out there thinks that they're prepared, but I mean, it's it's just most of the time the two of them, and uh, and, and they have to be prepared. Yeah, he's on his way to his first ever national championship with the Outlaws. His Illinois boy Sheppy, close lead on Tim McCready, so that'll be probably the one we'll be looking at and talking about here the rest in twenty twenty two because it's such a close tight battle Kovac is it safe to say I like Lernerville yeah I think you do but can I just make one more unmention of the world of outlaws uh weekend too let's not forget about what happened on Sunday at Jacksonville uh Brandon Shepard becoming the one more thing oh okay I just I just want to throw that out there just I wanted just like before moving on I wanted to just how big that was but you go ahead and mention that later but pretty cool deal there that he that he did it in his uh at his home kind of on the home turf a little bit right in his backyard so i'll let you go let you go back onto that we'll we'll we'll, we'll circle back to that but uh talking about Lernerville, yes derek derek 
man, he was like a celebrity there. Let's let's just let's just say <laughs> let's 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 be let's just say the truth here. I'm not. Gosh. Let's not uh, beat around the bush. He comes in there and man, the the fans. There's a, there's a lot of diehard late model fans at Lernerville. It's a, it's a real the real good place, and and there was a lot of them this weekend because. Uh, this was the first weekend where you, man, that was, it was the first time that I think Lernerville didn't have rain in the forecast for the firecracker at least one day uh, ever, maybe. I mean, it was wonderful weather all three days. Sunny, never look at a radar one time. Uh, and so people were out there at the bands after the races and Derek was mingling with his people. You know, I mean, he was he was out there and they were coming up to Derek, taking pictures with them. They, they've seen him. And of course. Derek, they're well. He's well known in the. He's never been to Lernerville, but he's well known in the area because he talks to Boom Briggs a lot. And Boom Nation was out in force at, at Lernerville. Boom wasn't there, and Chub Rowe also. Yes, Boom. Uh, Boom was out there running with the Outlaw Race, so I'm sure that was really hard for him to do to miss uh, the firecracker. Uh, but you look around. I mean, it's it's like everybody you bumped into is is related or friendly with Boom or Chub or something. You know, I mean. Boom's nephews are all racing crates, and I mean, like it's like, man, this is like the whole field is boom, boom and chub related, you know. Um, a lot, a lot of the young kids too. I mean, they were just swarming around Chub's car, but uh, and then you then you go to the band and you see Derek. I mean, and he he was surrounded by all the Boom Nation, all those all these youngsters that were out there uh hanging out with with Derek, and um, I'm sure Derek was very impressed by that because uh. He needed to get to the Pennsylvania race that, uh, that was, that's a, pr- I mean, it's, it's a pretty good fun, uh, event because, uh, there's so many campers. I mean, it was, I guess it was a record amount over 600, uh, a record, I mean, a super great crowd, which Lucas oil director, and this was remember this is the first time Lucas oil was the sanctioning body for it after 15 years with the outlaws. Uh, Rick Schwally said that, it was likely the biggest crowd that the Lucas Oil Series has ever raced in front of. And that's like, Which you know, they're Knoxville, North South 100. I mean, races like that. I mean, they, they, he said that Lernerville had more people. Uh, so I think Derek got a real, I mean, the Sunday, Saturday's race could have been better, obviously. I mean, McCready led flag to flag. And I think that's like since 2017, it's, I think that's three times that a, the guys led 100 laps flag to flag. Um, but I mean, it wasn't like you, it wasn't rubbered up. But it was just tough to pass, just just the way it was, and so we didn't get to see a real classic feature. But I think you yeah you had to be you had to be had, enjoyed yourself, right, Derek? Yeah, it was a great time. The atmosphere was fun. Everybody was getting rowdy during that Mike Norris, uh, Jonathan Davenport heat. Uh, I think five place was going crazy. Uh, Essex is belting at the top of his lungs. You could just feel it in the air. Yeah, the hundred lapper could have been better, but. It was overall a great time, and one thing, other than like Eldora and maybe Fairbury, because that's where me and Michael are from, I've never seen like people coming up to me and Kovac saying, thank you for what you do. We love Dirt on Dirt. We love Flow Racing so many times. It had to be like thir- like 40 to 50 times throughout the weekend, so it's pretty cool to see a place that cherishes late models so, so much, like Lernerville. And this kind of made me think of a topic we could do today, like other than Eldora, of course, because that's just like in its own other level. What race do we all enjoy going to? Because the atmosphere is fun. The racing's great. Uh, there's a good vibe. They have like a whole bunch of different activities for the fans and drivers to interact. I mean, we have a million races, it seems like, that we go to. But there's always like our favorites, like top tier ones that we like. So, Kyle, I know you're probably going to pick the blue-gray 100. But if you don't, what's the other one you are going to pick? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, totally. Read my mind. Uh, there. <laughs> Speculation is heavy. Um, <laughs> actually, I want to go off beat a little bit with this one for two reasons. Number one, because I haven't been to a, a late model crown jewel other than Eldora. And number two, um, I just love this track so much. Um, Port Royal Speedway during Fair Week in September. They always had two late two late model races that week, even though it's reserved, you know, for the sprint cars, I get it. You know, there's five sprint car races over like a eight day stretch at Port Royal that week. And it's uh, topped off by the Tuscora 50 with all-star circuit champions. But that Saturday beforehand, the fair opener, the late model race, 
the weekly race there with all the regional guys. It's just cool. You know, it's like not a crown jewel or anything, but in terms of atmospheres, I mean, with the fair and the fair opener and uh, always seems to draw a large crowd and, uh, you know, the late model guys, especially, you know, the regional guys up here in Pennsylvania, you know, that that race always seems to mean just a little bit more to them just because of the crowd and the atmosphere and, and, you know, the fair setting and all the pep and, you know, so in terms of atmospheres, you know, that's really honestly, other than Eldora, the only one that I can really talk about. Uh, I haven't been to a firecracker. I hope to get out there one day. And uh, yes, you know, the blue gray 100, it's also on the bucket list. Uh, I would love to get out also to, you know, to the Prairie Dirt Classic. You know, that's, that's, you know, we can go down a list there with that. I'm sure one of you three will talk about that. Probably Suave. Suave can go next and talk about the Prairie Dirt Classic. No, I'm not your, I, I can't, I can't be a homer your topic. on this one. It, yeah. Gotcha. I'm not going to pick that one. So I, I would love gotcha. to, but everybody like Suave, you're a homer, blah, blah, blah. So I like one, I like another one that I uh, enjoy going to every year, but I will uh, reveal that here shortly. I'll actually probably go after robert robert's probably been to pretty much most of the crown jewels maybe a few he hasn't hit up yet uh when you see the schedule todd assigns you and you're like dang i get to go this or not dang but yes i get to go to this one again i love going to this track which event do you like going to big shot bob you know it uh it's it's funny that i'm kind of i'm kind of a loner i'm not like you i get a lot of uh when i when i'm at racetracks i get i get a lot of hey do you know Derek? I get a lot of that. Hey, do you know Suave? And so I'm like, yeah, I mean, yes, Jesus. And so I'm thinking about just carrying a stack of hero cards just with your picture on them so I can hand them out when I when I go to these tracks, you know. Uh, but uh, but any, anyway, when this topic came across my, uh, my, my desk uh, this morning or late last night, whenever that was, I really was thinking, you know, what what stands out to me in terms of uh, in terms of just the atmosphere, and of course, you know, like, you know, definitely Fairbury's up there for sure, and, and Eldora. I mean, you just can't you can't overlook those places, you know. So since we're not really talking about things that we know are fact, um, I got I got thinking as far as atmosphere goes, and it's not a huge race, but it's a huge weekend. And that is the the at Talladega short track on NASCAR weekend. If you've never been to Talladega on for like in the summer, just not even to the dirt track, but if you've never been to Talladega, especially back in the day, I, I don't think there's nothing that compares to it. Eldora doesn't compare to it. Fairbury doesn't compare to it. Talladega is a different beast. It is a different animal. It is just the it's crazy and then you throw into the fact that you've got this dirt track right across the street so that gets all these people campers everywhere as far i went down there when i was like 12 or 13 years old and i carried 200 dollars, carried 200 bucks with me i went with some some friends we camped for five days my tickets were paid for when i left the house when i came home my parents owed the people that I went with another $315 I'd spent so much money. I was at every souvenir stand. I was at the Hall of Fame. I was obviously not at the beer tent because I was too young. I met Mark Martin in a, at a campground while I was down there. I mean, this place just, uh, it just jumps off the, off the charts in terms of the atmosphere that that place has. And, uh, of course, Back then, there was always two races, a Friday-Saturday race at Talladega Short Track. So you could just get your feel of racing the whole weekend. You had, And they were usually Southern. It was usually like a Southern All-Star doubleheader or something like that. You know, you go over there and see Jeff Purvis race. And, it was, oh, it's just the, the nothing. And it's not quite the same anymore because they don't have as big of a super late model race down there. And I think probably over the time, over the years, the promoters realized they don't need to have a huge super late model race because they're still going to get the crowd. They're still going to get the crowd from the big track to come across the street on Friday and Saturday night and pack the place uh, 
looking for something to do. So they don't really need to put up five, ten thousand dollars to win races on that weekend anymore to have that kind of crowd. So I haven't been there in, in quite a while. Uh I will say this and uh this right here, Derek, will make you happy. And I don't want to steal your thunder for your one last thing, whatever. But I want to tell you for every, this is a talk about a hidden gem and it and it's for a lot of different reasons. If you want to go to a race and put it on your bucket list, put Jacksonville Speedway in Jacksonville, Illinois on your bucket list as long as Brandon Shepard is going to be there. If you know Brandon <laughs> Shepard is if you know Brandon Shepard is going to be there, put it on your bucket list because those people are absolutely nuts up there. I want to tell you, I'm sitting. I, I, there's no press box at Jacksonville. Flag stands in the middle. Uh, place is it's a fair, you know, your typical fairgrounds track. It's beautiful. It's it's you know awesome. It's a talk, talk about a bull ring. It's narrow. Uh, it's it's banging the boards all night long. You know, make sure you bring an extra side of your spoiler, and you know, you you these are the stuff you pack if you're a driver. If you're a fan, just pack the beer. That's all you need. And if you can't pack the beer, they've got a lounge downstairs. You should go downstairs, flash your ID, you get some beer. I mean, this place has the atmosphere that big tracks have when Brandon Shepard's there. I don't know what it's like when Brandon Shepard's not there, actually, because I've only only been there when when Sheppy's been. But let me tell you my experience this weekend, and then we'll quickly move along. I don't have a place to sit. Place is packed. So I'm walking down through there. I find a place in the middle in the front row. I squeeze in, right? I'm sitting beside this lady, and she's, like, bumping up against me, you know. The race starts, and she's standing up. Woo! I mean, it's. I felt like I was at Talladega there for a minute beers free flowing all over the place you know it's a great time for everybody right so as i'm watching this race and first of all they're all looking at me like what in the hell are you doing here without a brandon shepherd t-shirt on you know i'm wearing my dirt on dirt shirt my normal work stuff probably 40 percent of the crowd is definitely wearing brandon shepherd stuff if you roll in there with some other don't roll in there with i don't know if brandon shepherd has enemies or not but whew, God, I would hate to see how that would work out if you rolled in there with a shirt, you know, different. So they're looking at me like, what in the hell are you doing here? Well, woo, you know, they're screaming, they're, you know, and it's a hell of a race. And I'm sitting there thinking, you know, when Brandon Shepard takes the lead from Shannon Babb, win an F, and I, I kind of, he was just getting inching closer and I knew he was going to. So when Brandon Shepard takes the lead, I'm going to be wearing this person's beer if I do not move. So I found an opportunity with about 20 laps left or so, whatever, and I, I moved to a up, kind of back out of the way. Sure enough, Sheppy takes the lead. She comes right out of her seat, beer up in the air, and it just and it just not like pours all over, but the girl, the lady in front of her who was with her was like feeling her hair, you know, got she did spill her beer on the person in front of her who she was friends with. So and then afterwards. The pit area, I tell you what, Kyle Larson could have been there, and Sheppy still probably would have had more fans at his trailer afterwards at that place. At that place, He is a hero. He is a folk hero. He is uh, the chosen one at that place, and, and the people there go nuts. And it's the only place I've ever been to where I've heard a, applause during a race that was louder than the cars racing when he took the lead. The only place ever. Great job to those people because that's what makes a racetrack great. You have to have knowledgeable fans. They have to be passionate and they don't need to be too overly obnoxious. That that that, that checked off the list there at Jacksonville. So great job. Shout out to Jacksonville. Man, it's uh it put it on your bucket list for a, a day that you know that Sheppy's gonna be there and you will not be disappointed. You will be in awe of what you see. Yeah, Jayville is a great race track, and I think it's the only track in the land of Lincoln that has more fans than Bobby or Bab is Jacksonville or Sheppy. They all love them there, close to close racetrack. He grew up there racing sprint cars and stuff like that, so big win for him. And I like your Talladega. You don't really think about that, but just so many uh, just drivers, the history of that place, NASCAR guys. That'd be definitely a fun weekend to go to when the when the Winston or the Cup Series is there. So I like that one. 
I Kovac, I'll let you go first. I'll go last. You're you're good. You're ready to go. Looks like you're getting sleepy up there. Yeah, well, uh, I, I can't go any other way, but uh, there's a lot of races that are great. I mean, that have great. I mean, Cedar Lake is, is pretty damn awesome. Uh, I mean, just just the Saturday, everybody you have with the blinky lights up there in the stands after they hand out stuff. Uh, I mean, there, there, there's a good atmosphere at that <laughs> for the USA Nationals. Uh, but I, Fairbury, I'm, I'm not the homer other than uh, the dirt on dirt homer, I guess, because everybody knows that. Uh, dirt on dirt is a uh, very connected to the Fairbury, but I, I can't go any other way, but I've really been impressed by the uh, Prairie dirt classic. I brought my wife there last year for the first time. And like, as I mean, she likes racing, but she hadn't been to a lot racing in a while. And, and she compared it to like, she always loved going to super dirt week with me up there at Syracuse, New York with the big block modifieds, uh, just for the, you know, the camping and the people having fun and everything. And, and, and she got that same feel there, the, the camaraderie of the, uh, of, of all the people that are there. And, and the thing I love so much about Fairbury, it's only two days. I mean, man, they could go to three days. I know, uh, they could run another race and, and make money on it, but I'm glad they don't because that Thursday was such a getting to know everybody. They have a, and Thursday there's that, uh, well, yeah, they do have the, also the, the golf tournament. I mean, I didn't participate in that, but I know that a lot of people do. And, uh, but then late, early in the evening, they have the auction of all the race car body parts and everything. And, uh, and, and there's a great crowd. There's a, there's a crowd there for that, that anybody would want, you know, that uh, bigger than you get for most, most, uh, uh, any other kind of events, uh, you know, s- secondary events at a race. Um, uh, you have that and then you go right into a band, you know, and there's also everybody's camping out right there. And it's like, there's just this feel of, uh, that all the racers and the fans and the officials, everybody could just kind of hang out and enjoy themselves without having the, I mean, if you had a race and I mean, there would still be a lot of people at a band after the race at Fairbury, but there's going to be somebody that crashed. There's going to be some team that blew a motor and they're going to have to worry about fixing their car like that. They're all not going to be able to just go hang out and, and, and mingle with everybody. And that's to what it, it was so much with uh, Fairbury has that, 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 that feel of uh, everybody just, uh, you know, bench racing all night long, talking about all kinds of other stuff. And, and that makes it a great event. And then you have, you know, of course, you have the uh, the suave talk live on Saturday afternoon. And uh, I mean, what other racetrack do you go to where there's like a pre-race show and, and there's so many people out there just watching and talking, listening to the, I mean, the drivers walk around the, 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 the camping areas and they're, they are, you know, there's celebrities in their li- in that little world. They all know, people know them. Very knowledgeable fans, and uh, and and then the people screaming up in the stands, the fat heads. It's just people get into it there, and uh, and and that's what you need from a uh, from a from a crown jewel event, and and just for that atmosphere to build up to electricity in the air, and uh, you, you love to see. I mean, Derek. Probably this is this is a race that I also I just want to I go to to cover it too because of that electricity and and Derek this is his vacation so he's not he's not picking Fairbury as a place he wants to go uh, to cover it too because he's in he's really in the mix he's he's enjoying it as as a thing one of these days we're gonna Matt, I don't know if, I don't know if Derek could could I don't know, I'm not sure if Derek could survive if he had to like uh, you know not ha- not be with his peeps there right Derek. You know, it'd be pretty tough for you to be like just a regular uh, writer. I mean, you need that vacation day, right, for uh, for Fairbury. But I'll I'll let you respond yeah. to that and then do yours too. All right, 2013 was the only modern day Prairie Dirt Classic I worked at. It was horrible. I said Rigsby, I you know I'm working all summer. I get this as my vacation. So we agreed on it in 2014. It was obviously a great race with T Mac, Tim McCready, and Jimmy Owens. Also Kovac. Here, I'll Venmo you that fifty dollars for picking Fairberry. I know you didn't have to, so it was uh thank you for uh thank you for doing that. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, so my favorite event to cover other than Eldora is the I was thinking about this, but I just have a good time every time I'm there. Pretty much all the heavy hitters are there. Um it's winding down this season, kind of like city life a little bit, because it's outside a big city and you can, you know, see the lights in the background. I'm going world finals at Charlotte. I just Love that event. You get like 80 late models, plus you get the World of Outlaw Sprint cars and the Beast from the East, the big block modified. You have Kovac with his thumbs up. I'm a big uh, doctor fan, so go Johnson. Um, just you got 
four days now, but it was three full days of racing, all three division, the top tier drivers and all genres of dirt track, short track racing, duking it out. You can see the big uh, Charlotte Motor Speedway across the racetrack. It feels very professional. Yes, you have to walk a long ways to get to the pit area, but just the atmosphere of just all three divisions going crazy, cheering on their favorite drivers, a huge points battle uh, coming down to the wire a lot of the times. Probably not this year with Dennis Serb Jr. cruising, but I don't know. You got Iron Thunder down the road, Kovac's favorite bar, and uh, you have the Outlaw Banquet. It's just, just as always, uh, always, we're not live there. So it's kind of like little uh, stress off us a little bit. You don't have to worry about that. So it's a cool event. You get a whole bunch of different notes of just like uh, rumors are starting to swirl about new rides for next year already because it's November. So I'm going World Finals. Oh, yeah. World Finals. It's really become a monster event and because there, there's so many people from, like you said, modifieds, big, you know, uh, late models and sprint cars. You get everybody all mixing together and. How many times do you get to see, uh, like, oh, those other divisions? I mean, the fans of each division get to see those others. Uh, uh, and, 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 and it has that Charlotte atmosphere to it, that Charlotte draw where it's just a big, uh, you know, it, it's, it can handle more people. I mean, that's one of the – it's other than Eldora, probably, most people that will see a dirt late model race, uh, you know, on, on, the, on site all year long. Uh, great, great weekend. And it's uh, since, what, 2007 now. and. Uh, it, it, it never disappoints in that uh, big feel, that, that great feel you get for a, a dirt track race. Yeah, they moved the four days, and the late models are off that Thursday, I believe. So maybe we can hit up the, what was it, the Kevin Harvick Budweiser tent. We can, you know, we have the day off. We can go hang out there and be a be a fan and watch from the backstretch. It's a pretty cool uh, sights and sounds there because we uh, walked by it during the fence delay there like four or five years ago. And, it was, uh, it was hopping. So world finals, no doubt. Well, guys, as always, we finish the show with one more thing. Kyle, hit us up. What do you got, buddy? You got something good? I, I'm feeling it. I feel like you got something good. Always, always batting lead off with these one more things here. That's all right. Um, I was looking through the schedule for this weekend, and I don't know if, if, if we all saw, but 4th of July weekend, got 60, I counted 60 races between Friday, July 1st, obviously, and Monday, July 4th. So I'm going to be at Muskegon for the Freedom 60 with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. So I'll be um, at the forefront of that, I guess, boots on the ground, coverage of the weekend, the busy 4th of July weekend. So make sure you keep your eyes peeled for uh, all your coverage needs on Dirt on Dirt. Yeah, 4th of July, that's going up there against like Labor Day, Memorial Day weekend with that many races. So busy. Busy weekend for our riders and the race wire crew. They're going to be, you know, clicking on, getting all the info. My boy Jeremy Peters, race wire ace. Hopefully he is, uh, he's ready to go and dialed in. Robert, what do you got for your one more thing? You know, I was looking over uh, a list of stuff that, that, you know, that I could mention. Uh, among them, uh, how I noticed this weekend that uh, trailer trucks are probably the only vehicle out there that you can paint some crazy ass color some weird design and get away with it out on the out in the real world have you guys noticed that when y'all travel like you know you see a trailer truck and you're like it might be pink or it might be some color green and you're like that's that's a badass truck that's pretty cool anyway i did notice that while i was traveling this weekend just a random thought but uh that's not my one more thing sorry my one more thing is is all these races that we have going on here don't overlook what's coming up at Florence, man. A big one at Florence, another opportunity for uh, for somebody to cash in and, and get uh, get a lot of money uh, coming up this weekend. So uh, uh, pay attention, log in, look, and, and see uh, see what's going on. And I completely second uh, 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 what Kyle said. Tons of races. We're going to have them from I'm, – I'm leaving out. Uh, again, I've only been home – two days and I'm leaving out again Thursday going right back out. I've got after I get done with these five loads of laundry. So, uh, you know, big, big weekend, check out those colorful trucks out there and you'll see what I'm talking about and enjoy all the coverage that we have here. Got a little teaser there for Thursday at Florence. I like it. It's going to be a great weekend. Might be some other things that we hear or uh, say on Thursday. My one more thing is, well, you guys mentioned it earlier, but I was going to give a shout out to my boy Sheppy, Brandon Shepard, 
breaking the all-time World of Outlaw wins list, wins list from Josh Richards. It kind of went full circle. I tweeted it on Sunday at a race he cut his teeth at to break the record of that place. You could hear it on the broadcast, them going bananas. Robert even just mentioned earlier that that place was the only racetrack where you could hear the crowd over the race cars. That He's beloved there. He won his third, you know, uh, race there with the Summer Nationals slash World of Outlaws. I guess it was a World of Outlaws, but third, you know, big-time uh, series that comes in. So, yeah, and what was cool about it, he drove all the way from Lernerville nine hours with a truck and trailer to get there. He took, like, a little three-hour snooze or four-hour snooze, got it dialed in, worked on the race shocks, and got the big win. Passing Shannon Babb, who's beloved, too, in the lane of Lincoln. So that was pretty cool to see. Kind of felt like a little nostalgia there with those two duking it out on the quarter mile bowl ring of J bill. So that was my one more thing. Congrats Sheppy. Uh, and the funny thing is he's only 29 people forget he's been racing for like 15 years now. So we think he's a lot older than he is. So he's got a good career left still in him. I don't think he's really hit his uh, prime yet. Usually they say the prime age for guys are, you know, mid thirties to, you know, 45. So we'll see if Sheppy can continue this success. Congrats to rocket Shep. All right, Kovac, you're in Florida. You're ready to go on the beach. Probably check out, you know, in your Speedo and stuff like that. What do you got? I've uh, just got a little congratulations thrown out here to dirt car official Jonathan Clayton, uh, guy who's always at the Summer Nationals races. He hasn't been at the Summer Nationals races uh, working them last week. His wife, uh, Desiree, gave birth to a bouncing baby boy uh, just on, on Monday uh, you know, uh, at 1.28 p.m. Monday, the baby came a week late after, uh, you know, it was due last week. Uh, the baby just didn't want to come out yet. So um, uh, Jonathan missed a few more races than he was expecting. He's probably, uh, I think, the Paducah this week is the one that he was said he was hoping to be back at. Uh, and he got a, I think, maybe a two-year-long streak of hitting every race. So uh, he, had to, he had to miss that, but good reason to have it, becoming a, becoming a dad. Uh, so we'll see him back. Everybody, when they see him at the racetrack, uh, can give him, give him a congratulations for coming a father for the first time. Good old uh, congrats, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, and he was a week overdue, the son. So I'm sure his lovely wife, Desiree, was ready for him to come out to this beautiful world. It was 128 on Monday, as you said, at p.m. So congrats to JC and Desiree on their first baby boy. Of course, he's never going to miss a race that long. We'll see him back here in the future at Paducah. Well, everybody, thanks for uh, listening at home. We've got a big weekend ahead, as you heard, 60-some races on our race wire. We'll have plenty of uh, notes from Lucas Oil races, uh, the Summer Nationals. Uh, That's going to be all points in between. Make sure you check out Flow Racing for all the live events, and we will see you next week on the Derby Porters. <laughs>